All right, the carpro.com talk line, 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. South Carolina has been being pushed towards permitless carry for quite a while. That is the trend right now when it comes to carrying a gun. Although some people, we have a bill that just headed back to the House. Joining me now to discuss this bill is a member of the Senate. He's 2nd District Senator Rex Rice. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Bill. How you doing? I'm doing okay. A lot of people have some interesting ideas about this bill, so let's talk real quick about the good things that the bill does. You told me a few of them. Let's let's get get those out of the way. What does this bill do that got sent back to the House? Well, obviously, it allows somebody to carry either with or without a permit, uh, either open or concealed carry in locations that are legal. You have you know places like schools and courthouses and stuff like that. You can't carry there, but there's a list of those items in there. Uh, you know, one thing that I like about it is if you do have a permit, we've got automatic renewal now that's in this bill. In other words, I don't have to go keep up. I my passport and my driver's license and all that. I'm constantly checking them to see when they expire. Uh, I don't have to worry about my uh, concealed weapons permit expiring and me not having it anymore. Right. Uh, there's no cost to the individual that wants to get training. Uh, you know, I think that's a very good thing. Uh, and it's going to happen in every county twice a month and more if the demand is there. It well, lowers the age. When, when we're you talking can, about training, are we talking about the class you go to to where they tell you where well, you can't carry a gun and try to teach you mindset and all these other things, or is this actual bring five, a thousand rounds with you and we're going to teach you how to shoot a gun? It, it, it's both. It's the okay. it's the standard, and I believe I'm correct. It's an eight-hour course, uh, you know, and it's open to whoever wants to take it. Right. So, I mean, if you want to take it and get a concealed weapons permit, you can do that. If you want to take it just because you're going to carry, uh, that's a good idea because it's good to know where you can and can't carry and, you know, what the laws are. Uh, you need to know how to handle your weapon also. So will this actually, getting into the things that some people have some concerns about, will this actually, will there actually be harsher criminal penalties for people who carry without a permit if they commit a crime versus people who do? Uh, you're saying the person that's got a permit. There there are some crimes that, and, and I'm going to say this, that both of them have broken the law. Right. And so if you're carrying without a permit, uh, the judge could give you up to uh, a sentence that would actually double the sentence. Right. Uh, but, but he doesn't have to do that. Right. Uh, you know, and, and I think it's, you know, it's almost maybe a little backwards. Maybe the person that uh, should know maybe ought to get a harsher, harsher penalty. But, you know, either way, you've broken the law. If you well, know what I the mean, law says. In most of these cases, would you lose your permit due to calls for breaking this law that would be the one where you would in this setup? I mean, there's certain laws you can break right now without you guys changing anything to where my permit is forfeit, right? That's correct. You can You can lose your permit for a number of reasons now. The, the one thing that we were very careful on is uh, you've got these businesses that decide they don't want you in there that put up a no concealable weapons allowed placard on the window. Right. You, you would not lose your permit and you would not lose your right to carry a gun, even if you don't have a permit. If you fail to, uh, you know, obviously you, you need to try to watch those signs. But yeah. if, if you walk in a business and somebody's standing in front of one when you walk in there, and you accidentally are in there and get caught with it, you're not going to lose your permit or your right to carry, right. you know, in that case. Now, you go out here and you start pulling your gun out, going down the road and pointing it at somebody, uh, that's a different case. 
Uh, so you ought to lose your right to carry a gun in either one of those cases. Well, I mean, I but that's you. always been the case, right? That's not something new. That's not something you guys did in the Senate with this. That's always been that, that's always been a thing where there is a penalty for doing stupid stuff with a gun. That that is correct. Yeah. And in order to get, we we needed twenty six good solid votes, and you know we've got thirty Republicans, but we don't have thirty. Republicans that would vote for this bill, you know, if we didn't have those enhanced penalties in there. So to get the the bill across the finish line, that that you know, sometimes you have to do things. You may say, "Why did we do that?" That's the reason we did it because we want to get this across the finish line. Right. That's the other thing. This took how many times have you guys taken a stab at this that where it's died in the Senate? Well, it's been on the Senate calendar off and on for years. It's it's been uh, in committee. You know, I can't tell you how many years. I think if I heard right the other day, I think it was 14 years it's actually been a bill sitting there trying to get something done. The House has passed it several times and sent it to us. And, uh, you know, this time uh, we did have debate in there, but we had to recall, you know, the bill to the the Senate floor. Right. Uh, we, we actually had two bills. We had Senate Bill 109, which has not been to the House, but we used the 3494, or excuse me, 3594, because it had already been vetted in the House, and we didn't want to have to start over when it got over there. So we said, you know, we I'm actually a co-sponsor on the 109, but that's not important to me. The important thing is let's get this across the finish line. You know, I, I talked to Alan Gottlieb, who's the executive vice president of Second Amendment Foundation. He said it's not a perfect constitutional carry bill, but it is a significant permitless carry bill. It's pretty, it's very strong. I think yeah. that's a very true statement. 18 year olds will now be able to carry a gun. We will become uh, the 28th state. The only, the only question I have, Rex, and I know this has not been the case with you. I know you would have pushed this at any time. I, I just, I don't understand why we're not the sixth state or the 10th state or something like that. Why we have to be the last state to do it to, uh, out of all of this. But I mean, one of the things that this does is it makes federal gun control. Does that make federal gun control harder for them to push when you become a permitless carry society or permitless carry state? Uh, I don't know that. I think federal gun control, we can be uh, more relaxed here in South Carolina. I don't think it affects federal gun control. Uh, but you did you asked the question on why are we so late to the game on this? Yeah. And I mentioned it a minute ago. You know, we had six or eight senators that we had to get on board with us. Or replace and, <laughs> uh, some of each. Some of yeah, each. Yeah, you had to. Well, I mean, the, your your predecessor, that guy, he was uh, he was he was absolutely against it, and you you had to come along to to change that dynamic. So I fully appreciate that. This also means, like I said, eighteen years old. Um, this is uh, this is this is being referred to as the carrot and stick approach that Shane Massey, Shane Massey's the one that included the eight hour mandatory training thing in this for free. Well, no, there's, it's not mandatory training now. It, well, it's, it, it's, it was mandatory training, but it's now offered for free. That's they they correct. put it out there. They yeah. put it out there. Right. It is mandatory if you want to get a concealed weapons permit. Indeed. But but if you want to carry without a permit, it's not mandatory, but it's available. Now, the, the, the other thing is uh, now for me as a concealed permit holder, nothing changes for me at all, right? Nothing at all. Uh, well, the... <laughs> I mentioned it a minute ago. Except, except I don't have to pay to renew it. Yeah, I don't have to you, pay to renew it. You don't have to pay, and it's automatically renewed. So you don't have to sit there and check your permit to see, uh, you know, when's it going to run out and make sure I renew it. You don't have to fill out anything and send it in. It's going to be automatically done. 
for free. And if you want to, you can put it on your driver's license also now. Some people say, I don't want to do that because that database is on the driver's license. It may Somebody may get a hold of it, and that's probably – Isn't it already thing. on the database, or is, is it tied into the car registration or something? I don't I don't think and and you can correct me on that. I don't, I don't either. I don't know. Database. I don't know. I yeah. know some states have it and some states don't have it that way. Well, I know I got stopped in Virginia several years back and I started to hand my concealed weapons permit to the uh, officer that stopped me. He said you don't need to do that. And he says I already know you got one. So he <laughs> when he ran my tag, he yeah. knew I had it. Yeah. He was very nice to me by the way. Yeah. So, so I I I, I I'm waiting to see this happen. I'm waiting to see what comes. So now all the all the House has to do is concur with your version of it. I know uh, the governor has urged them to pass that and get it on his desk, and he'll sign it, and then we can move on to bigger and better things. Although, well, you guys, now, if, if we get out here and we start seeing some issues with some of the things as they're set up, would that be something that we could bring some people in and, and uh, maybe get you guys to take second looks at some things to make them better? Without a doubt, we do that constantly. You know, yeah. we talk about what people say that's permanent legislation. There's nothing permanent. The, the closest thing to permanent legislation is in the Constitution. You know, other than that, we're constantly tweaking laws that we passed last year and didn't take something into consideration. So, yes, we can always go back and revisit this. I mean, hopefully we don't revisit it the standpoint of you take, know, taking your rights yeah. away, but yeah. we could we could adjust it. Well, the, the one thing about this is when a state goes this way, that's when a state is looking at the right and regarding it genuinely as a right and not a privilege. And so for, for that, the, the whole significant permitless carry bill part of it, I like the fact that it's not the perfect constitutional carry bill. You guys are open to suggestion. I like that, too. So, and uh, I'm being asked about reciprocity. We have reciprocity with about 35 states, and how they regard ours is up to them. So that's a that's a conversation for another day. Listen, I know you're busy, and I know that uh, you had to take a little time out from this, so thank you very much for joining me this morning. My regards to the family. Thank you, and I appreciate it very much. You keep fighting the fight out oh, there yeah. for us. Yes, sir, absolutely. All right, thanks. Not perfect, but definitely forward motion. And we have to keep on pressing. China is in big trouble. And some of the things with Taiwan may have to do with this because the clock is ticking. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. The carpro.com talk line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. China. Well, they're in trouble. And they've been in trouble for some time now because they're facing the inevitable pop of their real estate bubble. And it seems like it's sort of slow motion happening right now. Now, they're communists, so they do what communists and socialist regimes always do. They throw more money at the problem. But as is always the case, that never works. And we get this. Markets in China sank Friday despite a flesh flurry of measures to help prop up the ailing property sector as the International Monetary Fund forecasts that the Chinese economy will continue to slow in the coming years. 
Now, Shanghai's benchmark composite index lost 1.5%, dipping sharply at one point before regaining some losses, but still logging its worst week in five years. The smaller market in Shenzhen lost 3%. And this comes on the heels of this ordered liquidation of one of China's largest real estate development outfits, that being Evergrande, China Evergrande. They, uh, they have $300 billion in liabilities, and... Uh, a court in Hong Kong has ordered their liquidation. This is one of the reasons that China wants to annex Taiwan. Because one, it would be a big distraction because this meltdown is going to happen regardless. Now, do you remember what happened here? In a capitalist society in 2008, when we had our meltdown, the only there were a lot of things that happened. A lot of things that were really bad happened that day. Uh, the uh, the whole commercial paper thing was uh, it, it it showed the glaring part of it being the uh, how what a weakness it is. But in China, this will be a very exact compared to what happened to us. This will be very exacerbated because everything they do, a lot of stuff that we had happen here, were done behind closed doors. Right, everything they do is out in people's faces. Although they tell a bunch, of, they they have a massive propaganda machine, but this will not be able to be contained just because of the size and scope of what it's going to do to the economy. And one thing about whoever's running a country, anytime somebody's running a country, they're either trying to lead the country out of goodwill, or they're trying to run the country with a uh, you know with some malintent, you know? With China, this is about, uh, it's about placating the masses. It's very much what used to happen, and they do that through uh, allowing certain commercial aspects of life to be out there, you know, cars and mobile phones and electronics and jobs and all these other things. They, they allow that out there, although they are very communist. And none of this will stop their expansionist goal because that would actually, you know, that would actually sort of uh, sort of uh, be a distraction. It'd be that misdirection that these politicians are so really good at. Now, they have the money to spend on some of these things. But they're a mess, and it's easy to lay the blame at the feet of the communism and the socialism and all the other isms, but that's where a lot of the blame belongs. But their demographic problems, which are shared by Japan and most of Europe, that presents a greater danger because a couple of generations of frustrated young men with no prospects for wives, all of them loaded with the frustrations that that problem comes with, is a recipe for social unrest. And there's just so many Chinese people. I don't know how that's going to work. They suffer from the same fault as the Bourbons of France. They are arrogant in their right to rule. And they don't have very many ideas on how to make any sort of real improvement in the life of their subjects. In 2023, the average annual household income was roughly 50,000 yuan or $6,900. Urban households are still living at the subsistence level with an average annual household income a bit under 22,000 yuan or $3,000. And that too is a recipe for unrest. 
So China is a very, I'm very confused by this because they have this idea that they want to expand and they want to take over. I mean, they just redrew their map and they're taking over parts of India, parts of the Philippines. You know, that Taiwan is, you know, they've already taken that in on their map. They have these big expansionist ideas, but they have a very precarious economy and they had a, a lot of frustrated, angry young men. I don't know what the formula is for them to sit back and say to themselves, we can solve all three of these problems because of the scope, just of how different all of these problems are. It's very difficult. <laughs> the, the Chinese ground army, for example, that's gotten smaller. They have, uh, they've gone into the shipbuilding frenzy, and they have a bigger navy than we have right now. But by the same token, like they, they, they've been doing this thing where they've been trying to increase the lethality of the manned portable weapon systems, the, the rifles that they carry. And they have three or four different versions of these things right now being fielded, which is always a disaster. The reason that you have the same weapon is because you can swap parts. If I'm in combat and I see, I see a, a dead comrade there, I can give his magazines and I can give his weapon another use because it matches what I've already got. So at the very least, his ammunition is going to be of benefit to me. If you have three or four different designs with three or four different calibers, this is a mess. It's goulash. And they've got that kind of thing going on right now. So they have the Navy, although they don't have supercarriers. We have 13 supercarriers. I mean, most, most of the supercarriers have a more, more air, air power than the entire air forces of some nations. So I, I hear all the stuff about how lethal they are and how this, how that. But those same angry young men that I'm talking about are the ones in those ranks of this military. And I just don't know how that's going to work out for them. At the same time, they're broke. Their economy is, is crashing into the, into the cellar. And they want to take over the world. All of that takes money. But let's say you have the money thing solved and you want to do the expansionism and your, your, your soldiery is angry. I don't know how that works out. So while we're, while we're sitting here, while we're sitting here talking about this and talking about that and talking about the other, um, China has so many internal problems. I kind of, especially, here's the other thing. Um, Trump is not going to be like Biden on some of this stuff. Trump will get out there and he will say some things, and I'm sure he gets briefed enough, to, he's smart enough to get out there and get a briefing on what's going to happen. He will get out there and he will look at these guys and he will say to them, uh, you know, these guys are our allies. Now, I, I don't want there to be anything bad between me and you, Z, but uh, here's the thing. If you attack our allies, I'm going to have to attack you. So you'll be concentrating on them, and I'll be concentrating on you, and you'll have to concentrate on me and them, and I'll still only have to concentrate on you. And he'll put it in very plain language like that, if he's the commander-in-chief. we got a few other things we're going to have to mess up, but uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. When we get back, this border bill, it's a bunch of junk. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD.
carpro.com talk line 1-800-905-0989 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 somebody's calling somebody's calling is it, is it the same thing no it's not the same thing okay cool the uh the senate and, and listen this is what the, this is how the negotiation should have gone with the senate and this is why I'm not in the Senate, because they would never allow me in there with this sort of simplicity and Occam's razor approach. All I need is an index card and a low-on-ink Sharpie. And this is how it would go. Secure and close border. That's the negotiation. So um, that is all there has to be. Now, it took 370 pages for them to, uh, for them to come to an agreement in the Senate. And, uh, you know, Bill Mulligan for Fox News, he got out there and put this long tweet out. I guess I'm going to have to get on X or Twitter or whatever they call it today. I don't know. Because everybody uses it and I don't use it. And I miss out on so much. F-O-M-O. But this is what, uh, this is what his, he says. No amnesty legalization of anyone already in the U.S. illegally. A seven-day rolling average of 5,000 encounters per day or 8,500 encounters in a single day. DHS is required to shut the border down and turn away anyone who crosses. No new asylum claims will be allowed and anybody crossing will be removed. But there are some things to this now. Uh, first of all, there will be 50,000 new visas over five years. No unaccompanied minors can be removed, and some of those minors will receive attorneys pro bono or taxpayer-funded. And the president can suspend every single detail of this bill. Everything. It says, authorizes the president to suspend the border emergency on an emergency basis for up to 45 days as if, if it is in the national interest. So it's double secret emergency basis. Now, this should be dead on arrival when it goes to the House. It should just be shot out of the air like a duck. And uh, when you get into all this uh, this dressing that you find in the in the pastures, um, you get a nice little junk sandwich to make this a goodie bag of uh, some incoming disaster. Because part of this is sixty billion dollars for the Ukraine. Yeah, <laughs> this isn't a border deal. This is more Ukraine money. Because it's $118 billion, $60 billion for Ukraine, $14.1 for Israel, and uh, aid for Indo-Pacific allies and the bipartisan border security agreement. That totals $20 billion, which would give the federal government temporary authority to expel migrants when the average number of daily— Don't they already have the full authority? They don't need temporary—they they have full authority to expel migrants today. Why do we need to pay them to diminish that which they already have? They have to end catch and release and raise the standard for asylum seekers, seek to process claims quicker, among other provisions. So the border gets $20 billion. Ukraine gets $60 billion. Taiwan gets some money. Now, Johnson has put together a standalone bill for Israel where they would get $17.6 billion. But this is all about sending money to Ukraine. This is not about this is not about our border. We and and here's the thing. And I mean, I don't care what anybody says. There have been some people that had higher rank than me, all this other stuff in the military, and and I, I still contend this. 
we don't have a dog in the fight in Ukraine. Putin is not going to let any of the countries that border Russia become members of NATO. Zelensky wanted to be a member of NATO. And then some people in NATO started talking about Ukraine becoming a member of NATO. That was never going to work. We wouldn't allow it to happen. We didn't let Cuba have missiles, although they're talking about bringing missiles to Cuba now, and I'm sure Biden would let that happen. Then there's the $10 billion for humanitarian aid, which lists Ukraine, the West Bank, and Gaza. Although they will not let the handmaidens of Gaza, the UN or UNRWA, as they call it, uh, they don't get any of that money. But to sit out there and think that the NGOs are not going to waste that $10 billion uh, is, is, uh, is futile. So we just simply don't need to do it. We need to just go out there. And we don't need a new law. We don't need a new program to secure the border. Just shut it down. It's our border. We get to decide who comes and who doesn't. We get to decide who can be a, a, a citizen and who doesn't, who gets to be a, a visitor and who doesn't, who gets to have a work permit and who doesn't. And if the rest of the world doesn't like that, I'm sorry. I'm as sorry as I can be. But that is the luck of the draw sometimes. That's why it is so Great to be an American citizen. And what they're trying to do is dilute that. They're trying to do away with citizenship. They're trying to do away with a lot of things. Black America, they're trying to do away with you. They used to think of you as your as their marginalized uh, ace in the hole. You guys were, you know, reliably vote for Democrats, no matter what they did to you, no matter what they did to your family, no matter what they did to your institutions, no matter what they did to your towns, your cities. Except that's all changing now. So now not only do I have to be replaced, but now you do. You too. Getting out there and spending any more money on Ukraine, sending them any more money. We, with all the money we have sent them, why haven't they moved the ball? And we're not sending them enough to make a change in things. We're not sending them enough to decisively win. So that's the thing. We're sending them enough to draw it out. Why on earth would you draw out an armed conflict when you could either pull back? If, if we stopped funding them, then Zelensky would have to you know, negotiate for peace. And he might lose some things in there. And that's what happens when you lose in combat. You lose some things. Sorry. Sorry about that. And, you know, the biggest reason all of this is coming about is because, um, well, it's because that's a great money laundering place. Ukraine is a great money laundering place for the Biden family. They ran a lot of money through through Ukraine. Yeah. It, it has its uses. It has its good points. Absolutely. So that's why they're doing that. Speaker Mike Johnson said, I've seen enough. This bill is even worse than we expected and won't come close to ending the border catastrophe the president has created. As the lead Democrat negotiator proclaimed, under this legislation, the border never closes. If it reaches the House, it will be dead on arrival. Of course, Senator James Langford, the lead negotiator for the GOP on this, he's out there. He's confused. How we don't like this. He's, he's Obviously, we don't understand the nuances and all the other smart things that they only understand. Only they know. The biggest problem 
is that that's not true. We can read. We can read. We have logic. We have our own eyes. We see what's happening. We know how many got away. We see the, the policy's failed. It's a failure. Your federal government has failed you. We see it. And, I, you know, anything they do now is just theater. It's just theatrical. Simply theatrical, people. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't let this day slip by without uh, going after our former governor with the five-inch heels. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Well, we are in the uh, crunch time, so we're going to go straight to the phones. John in Weaverville. Yes, sir. Hey, Bill, the, the things that you're saying about Ukraine is so relevant. The reason is, is because back in 2014, when the Republicans had House and the Senate majority, and all this, and NATO began to put missiles on the border of Russia, and under Obama, the EU, and NATO, they destabilized Ukraine, and that's how this whole mess started in Ukraine. And so it's so relevant to understand that, that they're pumping money into what they even claim themselves to be one of the most corrupt nations on the planet. Where is all that money going? Where's all the weaponry going? I'm telling you, Bill. Oh, well, they're, 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 they're paying pension plans, and they're paying, they're paying we're, we're handling their infrastructure for them. <laughs> they, we got, that money's going all over the place. It's not going into the combat, though. It's not going into the into the war effort. No, no, absolutely not. So if, if, if that's what they're claiming it's for, again, another big lie. So with, with that said, if we understand this and we understand what they're creating is not only instability within our country because of this open border policy, and what's the reason behind that? As we could discuss, you know, you, I'm sure you have a lot of opinions on why this open border still exists and why the Republicans are are supporting bills that are, are allowing it. So, again, the heads of the Republican Party are very corrupt. we got to get them out. Oh, yeah. And this is a big fiasco. It's a big circus show. Yep. And it's all being, guess, guess what, performed by our own nation's government. Yeah, well, the federal government. Federal government is a failure. There's just no two ways around it. They have failed. They're not doing what they're supposed to. Even when they're talking about doing what they're supposed to do, they're not. Uh, the the salvation to the, the country is going to come out of the states. Yeah. It's going to come out of the states. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, Bill. That, that, you hit the nail on the head. It, that's where we see the, the 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 kink in the armor because uh, we you know we really don't have much hope to get these guys out of power. Even if Trump went to office, I, I don't know, really know what he could do. Uh, so it's going to take the states rising up. It's going to take a division in this country, and we hope that it's as peaceful as possible and as legal as well. possible. It'll be very peaceful because they, they they don't you know they're, they're, the hand of cards they're playing they're blank on the side of their face and they don't have any face cards they don't have any aces they're, they're just playing with blank cards but I got to jump thank you very much for the call John thank you very much for the call yeah the the, the whole thing with with uh, with this with the nation today and and here's what I would encourage when I was sitting I was talking to the people uh, at the uh, county GOP Friday. And they were asking how to support things. I said, you got to be active in the state. because And if you got good politicians in, if your politician is a good politician, which everybody thinks they are, but, I mean, you gotta, you got to look at them with a very jaundiced eye. 
And you got to be very cold about it. You can't get invested in there. If they got a great personality and they tell a great one-liner, that's stupendous. What are they doing? I don't care about what they say. I don't care about how they dress. What are they doing? So if they're doing the right thing, then we need to keep them in the state. We don't need – if they get out there and they have aspirations and they want to take Jeff Duncan's seat, for example, discourage that because Jeff Duncan's seat is part of the failure. The federal government is a failure. The House, the Senate, all the, the bureaucracy, the deep state, the president, all that stuff, they're all failures. Donald Trump may get in there and he will do miraculous things as he fights it by himself. But who are, you know, as the Senate is constituted today, the murder turtle is still, he's still the Senate minority leader. And if we get the Senate, he doesn't plan on uh, giving up power. He might die before, you know, he might give up power if he dies or something. But then the people that he's got groomed that are in there, that it's my turn next, like Thune and all these other guys, Cornyn, um, they're just going to be murder turtle too. So... It all comes down. It, it all it all comes down to the states, and the thing about what they have done. And I know I was going to talk about Nikki, and I'll I'll pick on her tomorrow. Close that down, and we'll just finish this up with this. Um, this thing with this gambit with Texas. <laughs> I wish they would try to move on Texas. I wish they would nationalize the National Guard. I wish they would federalize the Texas National Guard and see what that does, because they thought. The Bundy Ranch was an uprising. You can't imagine what would happen if they go up against Texas. Because half the nation is going to side with Texas. And it's going to be the half and the part of the nation that has a bunch of veterans and a bunch of gun owners in it. And then what? What are they going to do? They're going to send out the 101st to come to start strafing Greenville? I don't think so. 101st isn't going to do it. 82nd isn't going to do it. They might give the orders. They might. There, there'll be some people, without a doubt, that would get out there and say, "Well, I have my orders. I must go execute them." Yeah, but there's going to be a lot of deserters. And guess what? I will be teaching you how to drive a Bradley or a five seven seven. There'll be some guy out there that used to fly a Huey that's going to have a crack at a Blackhawk. We'll have all that stuff. So, this all comes from the states. The country uh, at this particular moment, as I look at the federal government as it is constituted. They are not redeemable. The country, and they're not, the, they're not America. The federal government is not America. You are America. You are what makes up America. You're what makes America great. They, they, they generate nothing. They don't even generate a T-shirt. They generate nothing. They're like everything else they touch. They cause absolute pain. And in the end, it'll be states like South Carolina that brings things back. Talk to you in about 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.